Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast and wearecalvin.com. On today's show, we've got a, a jam packed show full of Calvin GA stories. Um, we're going to be looking back over the Calvin Horlers. I caught up with the Calvin manager, Michael Carr, after they produced an impressive display but just didn't get the win over Longford, who were just recently relegated from Division 3A. Uh, I was also at the Calvin Ladies game, who um, Turned in an absolutely brilliant second half display to overturn a deficit of six points at half time to Clare. I caught up with the cabin manager James Daly after the game. Um, we have updates on the on development squads, uh, a positive update. Um, we'll be bringing you that. St. Aidan's comprehensive were beaten in the Ulster final by Bally Bay. And uh, we had a lot of success on the handball court over the weekend. We'll also be in the second half of the show, preview in the Cavan v Tyrone game. So, a jam-packed show, as we say, and as always, if it's a jam-packed show, I'm going to have to be joined by Paul Fitzpatrick, because nobody knows more than, than Mo, as they say. Paul, um, we'll start off with the Horlers. I know you, you didn't get into the game, but it was, a, it, it was a good display, considering Longford would have been favourites to come straight back out of Division 3B, 13 scores apiece, but it was the conceding three goals seemed to catch them. Yeah, Cavan very under strength from from what I gather from Kevin O'Carney's report. Um, I think it was was it John Shannon got injured in the warm up. Yeah. Um, Paul Sheridan wasn't playing either, so that was your two midfielders gone. Um, and a couple of other injuries in the mix there as well. So disappointing for them after after um, a good start to the league. Now, I suppose that defeat over in in Sligo probably might have knocked their confidence a bit. Yeah. But, uh, I think Cavan's aim will be the Laurie Mara Cup this year. Um. They'll, they'll be disappointed as supposed to lose that game, especially at home. But you know, what, what are you going to do when you when you're missing so many players, so many important players? Like probably that's probably their their two best players gone injured there. So yeah, it's difficult. There were the, 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 on the positive side of it. There was a few very good displays. I thought. I thought Dermot Carney, Kevin Oaks, lad um, at the middle of the field. I think he finished the game with maybe seven or eight points, a really, really good display of, of free-taking as well. I think he only missed one free himself, so it, it's good to see the homegrown lad. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, looking through the team that, that played, most of them were homegrown. There was only one outside. Yeah, so, like, I mean, that's that's brilliant. We, we talked about that before. That's brilliant, and I think that's the way to go. And for them to be competitive with with pretty much all the homegrown team, it, it, it shows that... The work has been done. Like, there's no doubt about what these boys are, are training hard at the end. Like, Cuevin Carney, that's the first time I've seen him play. Now, I know he's played this year, but again, a really good hurler. You know, if, if, if he can get the right training for long enough, he's capable of winning competitions like that. Yeah, but well, he's an Ulster College's all star hurler. You know, if you don't hand those out to, to yeah. The, the, there is a good bit of talent there. They probably, they probably, Need a bit of a break, and they, they certainly need their best fifteen out every time they go out in the field. If if they can manage that, um, I'd be hopeful that th- that they'll be able to put a good run together when it comes to the championship. 
Yeah, well, come here. I caught up with the uh, Cavan manager, Michael Carr, after the game. Joined by Cavan manager after, I suppose, the defeat here, Michael, but very, very encouraging the level of performance that the boys put in. No, it was hugely encouraging the level they put in. So, like, we went down to Sligo last weekend. We didn't perform at all and we got well bet, but main thing for today was put in put in a performance and that's what the boys did from 1 to 15 they gave everything they had and, and we've been a good performance I think today What's, Was it being out in, in Kingspan Breffney before the football match did that all help to maybe with, with the lads and their motivation because energy seemed very high Maybe it did but uh, like during the week there a lot of lads were very disappointed in their performance last weekend I think they just wanted to prove that they're not wasting their time here hurling in Cavan that they're, they're well able to hurl when they put their mind to it and I think today showed that we can compete at this at this level. Like we were arguably short five of our strongest players today through suspensions, lads injured, nerves, and so on. Like there's five strong men to come back into that team, which would boost it up an awful lot. So look at we're well able to compete and we're well able for it. And considering missing missing what you're missing, scoring 13, I thought Dermot Carney, middle of the field, showed he's well fit to step up. No, sure he's well fit to step up. Yeah, like that's his third game this year now. Like and he's he's improving with every game that goes by. A few of the younger lads are improving. Quevin Carney there, I thought today did well as well. Like so, when Jack Barry came in at last minute, John Shannon was sick. So Jack Barry stepped up there. I thought he did very well as well in wing forward for us. Some of them, some of the defenders were were. were under pressure but fit, physically fit to keep up with the lads I thought Matthew Hines in particular your full back line all very good Kelly coming in at full back looked excellent he is he's very good he's a good young guy like, and we felt like we we needed the speed in our full back line this weekend because we'd watched Longford and we knew their, their full forward line was nippy so we just made a few changes to put Caelan in their full back and we felt like we had a very physical, physically strong and quick full back line and they showed today that they were, they were well able for sure. looking at the first half Cavan playing with a very strong wind, scoring six points, but with the two goals ended up going in at half time, down by four. Was it missed opportunities that, that weren't really taken in that first half? There was a few missed opportunities, but I think we, we gave away two soft goals, which we can work on, you can cut that out. Whereas I think we, we took our scores fairly well and we missed a few, which is, is going to happen in games. Like, But no, I think if we can cut out the soft goals, it'll bring us on an awful lot. Yeah. Overall, looking at the league so far, happy enough? Oh, look at the league so far. I'm very happy that we'd won bad performance, but we had a great victory against Leitrim. And today we had a moral victory of Anton Els with, with five of our strongest men missing to still to be only six points off, five, six points off Longford. I thought it was very good. Yeah, the progress is evident for anyone that comes to watch them, though. Oh, the progress is there, yeah. You can see, like, they're, they're actually hurling to a game plan now. There's crossfield balls, there's everything, which you wouldn't have seen in Cavan hurling before. It was just hitting, hitting hope, basically. But now we're, you can see there's a game plan in, in place and we're, we're improving every day we go. Yeah, well done to, to Cavan Horlers. I know it wasn't a, a win, but as, as Michael said, it was a moral victory there, you know, and, and Cavan coming from where they're coming from, they, they need moral victories on top of victories. So it's, uh, it's definitely one that they can build on and, and they got the tempo of the game right. Just briefly on it, the, the, the idea of playing it before the senior game, the footballers in Kingspan Breffney, I, I'm a massive fan of that. I think that it gave, Cavan supporters the opportunity to come in and look even if it was only the last 10 or 15 minutes at, at the hurlers and it meant when the hurlers were coming off the field they were looking at a really good crowd what, what's your thoughts? Ah, yeah, No I think so yeah I think it's it's parity like, and coming from a handball background sometimes if you're in one of the lesser GA sports you can be left behind you can be you'd be lucky to be an afterthought at times yeah. but no I, I think it's fair it's fair like. you hear a lot of people saying that go mad especially on Twitter about I'd say some of the top Cork ladies footballers have never played in Porky Cueve and things like that. But I wouldn't have as much sympathy for the, for them because at the end of the day, the ladies are outside the, the association at the minute. Yeah. The ladies haven't, haven't 
um, contributed in the same in a in a what would you say in a structural sense to 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 these facilities and there is there are moves afoot to bring them the ladies and the camogie under the the overall wing of the GEA. If that happened, absolutely. But at the moment, the the, the ladies are not fully fledged members, whereas the hurlers definitely are. Yeah, and the hurlers. I I would think that's that's and. You know, you spoke to Jason McDoctor after the game last week and he was praising the field, so it wasn't a thing that affected the pitch at all. No, no, it's very true, very true. But speaking of the ladies, we'll move on to the Cavan uh, ladies who played Clare up in Killing Care on Saturday afternoon. Um, Killing Care looking absolutely immaculate. It was in great condition and the, uh, the, the ladies pulled out a, a stunning second half turnaround. They were down at half time, just going back to my notes, they were down two four to four points, down by the two goals in the first half. Nevo D and M, that is synonymous with Clare Ladies football, um, banging in the two goals. She seemed to get a fair bit of protection from the referee that that maybe on the other end Ashton Shorten wasn't getting, but she took full advantage of them and fair play to her for doing so. But it was a, a brilliant second half display by Cavan. They came back, they were they were after getting it back to, I think, three points. Claire pulled it back out to five and then they started thundering in the goals and the two goals coming, um, one from Andrea O'Reilly, which was brilliantly set up by Geraldine Lynch or Geraldine Shorten, sorry, at full forward, who I thought was, was in around player of the match. Um, a, a brilliant finish there. And then Nessa Board from the resulting kick out had her shot blocked by the boot of one of the Clare defenders and, and she stuck away the penalty. Now, the, the Clare goalkeeper almost got to it, but um, it was a great, great result and, and a great turnaround for the girls. Yeah, cer- certainly brilliant. It sounded like, a, I know you were buzzing after, it sounded yeah. like a brilliant second half performance. And they, like When they hit the front with a couple of minutes to go, they kept going, but they piled on a couple more scores. And it's just what they need because, again, high turnover of players there with the ladies at the minute um, and the loss of likes of like, you know, players like like Ashley Doonan or Ashley Maguire, she is now like very, almost impossible to replace a player like that. The experience that she's built up on her skill level, um, Brona Sheridan's another. You know, some some of these top players are going to be just to t- take a bit of replacing, even though there is lots of young talent mm, there. Yeah. So uh, I think I think that was a very very positive result, and just on killing care, like a lot of people maybe mightn't have been to killing care many times in the last few years, but. I've been up there a couple of times playing soccer and playing squash more than covering matches and it is class. When you pull in, you've got this big avenue with the oaks lining it on yeah. both sides. It's an absolute amphitheater and you've got, the pitch is lovely, it's in a hollow and it's, obviously you've got the bar and the big community centre, you've a training field at the back. Killing Care is really an example for, for rural clubs of what, what they can do yeah. because it's a, it's a beautiful facility. Oh, and, the, you- and the surface, I mean, You'd know better than anyone. It's top class, isn't ah, it? It is, it is. Now, and, and it's facilitated by the fact that they have the training field to do all of their training on, that they, they don't have to use the, the main pitch all the time, but it, it really was in immaculate condition. They've made an addition as well to the, to the facilities. Now, they're making big additions, which, which they're fundraising for currently, and their lotto is up to 20,000. So, um, that, that's nearly fundraising in itself. But they've, they've added in seats to the stand. So they've, they've 140 seats in around the stand. And you know what? It makes an addition to it because people are comfortable sitting watching the game. There are certain people who like to stand up or, or around it. But I thought it was a nice wee addition by Killing Care as well. But look at facilities second to none. And when you're standing up in Killing Care, you're looking over the whole county nearly. I'd say it's the highest pitch in the county. Maybe Barbellyborough. Yeah, there's a, there's a podcast. There's a podcast, we've, the highest one. We've hung podcasts around less than that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, so after the game, anyway, I caught up with the Cavan manager, James Daly. 
Signed by Cavan manager James Daly after a phenomenal second half display by Cavan. I suppose first half you, you'd be disappointed with their with their performance. Uh, to be honest, I mean we were disappointed overall with with, the, with some of the quality of our football. Um, we, we felt going in two four to four at half time was maybe a wee bit unfair on us. Uh, they got two you know, lucky enough goals. Okay, one off the crossbar and then another bounced off a lane, but. Um, the one thing I was really disappointed with us in the first half is, is, is our execution of our play, and we were forcing things, and you know, uh, you know, you know, making making their job easy for them by taking taking bad shots and, and, and running into the corner. But we came out. We talked about it at half time. We realised that we knew at half time, even though we were six down, we were definitely still in this game. And like, you know, if you watch that game there, there, there's there's a bit of a win. I thought the, I actually thought the win had changed a wee bit. It was going across the field. And in the second half, we come out okay, and we we uh, we were just a lot more on the front foot. We got we we got it down to three points, and and they then we you know we got caught pushing a wee bit. They went up the field, and and ladies football sometimes it's very hard to get the ball back down the field again, you know. But we got it. We won. They got two points back up by five. We made a few changes and and uh, give us a bit more a bit more on top. And then the ball just it just went our way then we got a we got a, a good really, really well worked goal. We should have had a goal in the first half, we just we didn't take it. Really well worked goal. Andy O'Reilly scored a good goal. And then, you know, Nassibird uh, wins a penalty for herself and, and you know we've had a, we've we haven't been great at penalties today and we had a penalty competition on Thursday night and Nassa won the competition so she was uh, she was very good and, and she she stuck that in well today, like, you know. Nice to get a reward like that when when you have the bit of prep work done. Looking at the first half Looked as you say, kind of stuck in your own half. At sometimes it looked like there was two sweepers and the forwards were being isolated. Really, but second half when you pushed up one man to man or player to player, it was it, it really brought the energy of the Cavan team out. Well, I wouldn't. Like, we, we played we played sweeper probably till about twelve or thirteen minutes ago, and we, we figured we we had to throw caution to the wind at that stage of the game. And you know, in the in the first half, you know, they were putting us under pressure. But it, it comes down to it comes down to Damien, you making the right decisions yourself, okay? And uh, like we we, uh, we we there is football, there is good footballers in this team. Yeah, we've lost a few girls, a few girls have retired and stuff, and and, and uh, but it's you know we have a, we have a good bunch of girls here. Uh, we needed to win this today after the beating we got from Armagh two weeks ago. And, you know, we're a very positive bunch in here tonight. And, you know, we're looking forward. Waterford has to come up here next week. It'll be a tough, tough game against them next week. And, you know, our push is for semi-final place now. Yeah, I suppose they lift that game there today. And especially the manner of the performance in the second half. A lot of the younger girls stepping up. Andrea O'Reilly had a couple of difficult moments, missed a couple of frees. But she showed real guts in the end to put away that goal. And then the free, I thought, was, was excellent at the end. Andrea O'Reilly is a phenomenal footballer. Um, and and, and it, it's to get Andy, um, you know, to, to choose my words right here. Like, but Andy, we just need Andy a wee bit more physical. And, but she's a fabulous footballer. There's, there's, she's as good a footballer as there is in the country, you know, technically. And she's a lovely striker of the ball. And you know, the wind's blowing across the field, and, and she, she missed her first free. So she, but then she had to kick a big one there in the end. Okay, scored a cracking goal. And. You know, we we you know she, she she's a good footballer. I'm more so happy. You know what I mean? Like you know, if you if you came and watched that game in the second half, like we absolutely dominated the second half there, and that that came down to the hard work of all the girls and the young Shanice, okay, and and 
and like uh, Gilly, okay, Ashley Gilson, and um, every one of them contributed. Like Sinead Green, you know, team player that she is, she she had a good midfield in the second half. Yeah, team was really hurting us uh, in the first half, and Green even on to her in the, in the second half and just shut her out. But at the same time, she was still an attacking force force herself. But like I was very proud of the girls. The girls done really really well. Okay, and we're, we're, you know we're just happy to get the win. Yeah, great, great result overall. You mentioned the young girls coming through, but when the game was in the melting pot, Don English started to win freeze in the middle of the field for you. That sets you forward. Ashlyn Shorten is again winning freeze for you. Looked like she wasn't going to get a lot of protection from a referee, though. No, like, like, like Don English, you know, if, if Don English was in Dublin, okay, Don English would have four all stars in her pocket, okay, or Cork or some of them, you know. But, um, and like, like, like Ashton Sheridan, Ashton Sheridan got mugged maybe four or five times after that. And we never, you know, round the neck tackles, which is always a, is a yellow card, okay, even the penalty at the end. I, like, I, I just, I'm not going to, we won the game, so let's not complain too much about the referee, but the referee was poor. Like, he was inconsistent, and that's all you ask for a referee is, is consistency. We got the penalty because it was a foot block. A foot block in, in the wee square is a yellow card. That's that's in the rules, and, and he, he never applied that. So, But you didn't hear Ashton Sheridan complaining or Don English complaining. They just knew we just got to dig that wee bit deeper here and push on, okay, and we got to just rewards. Yeah, so now, Paul, with Cavan on four points, I think three points is the win in, in the in the ladies. They're, they're in position to go and fight for a, a promotion spot or a semi-final spot, get into that final. So, um, but this weekend against Waterford, it's going to be uh, that's a big one for them. They have to win that to continue with the upward momentum. Yeah, and the water there's a rivalry there with Cavan and ladies, Cavan Waterford ladies. Like they now Cavan out of the championship a couple of years ago, and then Cavan did did Cavan beat them in a league final up in Parnell Park about eight or nine years ago, and then did they come back and beat Cavan in a league final? Um, Could have done. Cavan beat them in a big league game. Um, then they lost. They lost them down there, letting a load of goals. I think that was last year. So it's been up and down that rivalry. That's it. That'll be a fifty-fifty game. Yeah, very familiar foes. It, it'll be it'll be a good one. I think it's it's. I know it's on Sunday at two o'clock. I think that they were looking to get it back into Killing Care, um, as in Killing Care. We're looking to get it back in there. They enjoyed having the ladies up there. So, uh, but we'll we'll try and keep you up to date with where that is. But best of luck to the ladies and hopefully another win under your belt will help you with the the semi final spots. Uh, moving on, an update, a really positive update, I have to say. I was chatting to one of the members of this squad, but Cavan on their 19 footballers are training, they're meeting up. So this is an extension of the under 20 squad or lads who basically would have been under 17 or under 18 last year, but haven't made the under 20 squad and they're coming together once a week to, to prepare for the future or maybe to be a, a feeder on the, this year's on the 20 squad but I have to say that's a really positive development that is yeah that's thinking outside the box there by, by Calvin I, I think that's that's very welcome like it bridges the gap there is a big gap there between 17s and 20s I know there was a, there was previously the same mm-hmm. three year gap between the minors and 21s but it, it nearly it nearly makes it trickier I think going from 17 to 20 that's that's a real tricky age group where lads are maybe growing up a bit going to college Certain driving, different things come into their lives, and and football might just be on the back on the back burner at that age group. So whereas now they can, they can maybe have something to say. Look, I have something to aim for here. I have a pathway. You have to be, you have to give always give them a pathway to go on to the higher level if you want them to come come to the higher level. So I, I think that's a brilliant idea, and yeah. it's it, it's it's a feeder squad into the under twenties, isn't that it? I think that's the idea, feeder squad into the under twenties, while ensuring that the development of 
the players who don't make this year's under twenties, it continues. So Well um, the big thing when the under twenty ones were winning their four Ulster titles was that they kept a big panel and they were bringing fellas say, straight out of minor who weren't just ready for under twenty one. And probably it probably was stated outright, you know, this year is not your year, but we're bringing you along. Yeah. We're going to keep you involved, keep you training, and you'll be 20% a better player next year, and then you w- really will be ready. And yeah. It meant that every year, Cavan weren't starting from scratch with a new panel. They were, they were bringing through this shadow squad that they had had. Yeah, I, rem- I remember talking to both Terry and Peter um, during that period, and, and what they would have said was during the trials, if there was a, a 20-year-old that was at the same level as a lad who's just out of minor, we'll take the lad who's just out of minor because he's won for three years down the line or two years down the line and therefore looking to develop the the players that were coming out. So I think it's, uh, it's a really good development. Just wanted to highlight that. So well done to all involved uh, um, in that under-19 squad. Um, St. Aidan's were beaten in the Ulster final against a, a very talented Bally Bay I, I I believe up on social media is Aaron Mulligan's goal. Did you get the chance to see Didn't it? Didn't see it yet, but I, I saw Colin Shalvey from the Northern Standard talking about it on Twitter, how, how good Mulligan was. He was unbelievable. I have to say, it's it's horrible. It's really horrible. <laughs> from a Cavan point of view, to, to look and see this talent coming on, it's just sickening. I have to say, he's very good. Like He's, he's left-footed, but he scores this goal with the right foot. Now, he actually, in real time, I looked at it, and, and if you look at it on social media, the way he strikes it, you think he meant it, but he actually didn't. He he admitted quite humbly after the game to Sean McCaffrey from Northern Sound that that he was actually trying to think it over the bar with the right foot and and the right foot failed him. But if if he had it meant it, it was the best goal I've ever seen. It's it's come down a little bit in me in the <laughs> estimation at this point, but it still doesn't take away from what he is as a talent. He's um he's lightning fast. He's he's not massive, but he won't be too far off six foot. And he's very, very intelligent and very skillful. You know, it's, it's going Jesus to be... Sounds like a good package. I know there was a bit of annoyance uh, among the Goodhill management or Senator's management about county county games or club games being fixed on on Saturday. You know, it was it was said to me that <coughs> this team has been kind of building for a good few years now and would have been very mm-hmm. average at the start of it all and they've come through, they got to announce the final and th- there, was no, there was no hope of getting those club games put back or, or anything like that and... It, it annoyed them a bit as far as I know now I don't know that anyone pick up an injury in them um, I didn't hear but they were afraid I think they had seven or eight involved right yeah I I can understand the point too and and, and, and first point off I have to give huge credit to the, the Coothill management the St. Aidan's management because they went out and when you seen the lineup for Bally Bay you'd have said right okay well Mulligan is the main threat in the forward line he's out in the wing and you know, you're gonna to have to shuffle your team around to to nullify the threat. They went man for man. They they went out and played man for man football and, and while Mulligan was excellent, Seamus O'Reilly battled hard with him the whole time, was was doing a man marking job and, and that was it. So they prepared the team for development and there within kind of lies the 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 question in my head, you know, what is the, what's the purpose of these? I actually came away from that game saying to myself that McGrory football has gone too far um, in terms of preparation or in terms of what what's actually happening with it because myself and yourself went over to see Patrician High School against St. Pat's and it was a very tactical, very negative game with lots of numbers running back, crowding out defences, you know, 
it, it was it was like a county senior, a mirror image of a county senior game. It didn't have the open a band that that St. Aidan's Bally Bay had. You know, there was there was just good man for man honest football in it. And I, I think that while maybe McGrory football might be a step ahead, or it is definitely a step ahead or two steps ahead in terms of it's going to develop lads tactically, I'm not too sure if that's the best thing for them at that age just yet. You know, I I just I question it. So the games, the club games at the weekend, they run the risk of it of of games, you know, happening. An injury could have happened in a training session as well. So two days before, if it was the same day or even a day before, I'd have more of a more of a grow for mm. for the argument they're making. Depends on what you're looking at. You know, like if it was a McCrory final, I think those games would have been put off. Yeah, I, I, don't think the, right. I don't think the Which, seven or eight lads would have played. And to be fair to St. Edens, this was their McCrory final. And with the numbers and stuff that they're working off, it was a very big deal for them to get to to get to this final. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's an interesting point you make about, about McCrory. It has gone very seriously. I, I personally think it's gone a little bit out of control. Like, you have to remember, for the McCrory Cup started in the 1930s, and about two years ago there were 14 teams in it. And that was the highest number of teams that ever entered it. Traditionally, you would have had maybe eight teams in the McCrory Cup. Yeah. It's just, it's gone like the Sigerson. It's kind of gone a little bit out of control. And where it's most out of control, in my eyes, is coming up to Christmas. They play off a whole league, and which, which actually feeds, it's part of the McCrory Cup, even though you play off, I, I don't know how many games, but all 14 teams are in it. And, and, and you lose 14, get four or five games, is it? Something like that, but you only lose two teams. So you're, yeah. you're literally playing off for a couple of months. You're taking, Lads out of school, you're you're traveling all around the place. You're playing, you're paying referees, you're hiring pitches, you're doing all this to get rid of two teams, and then to, to stick a final on and call it the, the McCormick Cup, which is basically the McCrory League, even yeah. though it's the same competition. It's like it's like having a cup for for the group stages of the Champions League. You know, yeah, yeah. you lose two teams out of it, and like you know, St. Pat's will say since they've won it, they haven't been overly competitive because they haven't just had the right age profile for it. But talking to them out there. You hear about games coming up, and it never seems to be the last chance. There's always another game. Yeah. There's playoffs to get into playoffs. You know, I, I think it's gone out of control, and I do. I actually think the same about about the Sigerson Cup. Um, I think the Sigerson has gone has gone mad altogether. Like traditionally, the Sigerson was four teams. Was it uh, up until the nineties? Yeah, and then it was it was um, one from each province: Queens, um, UCG, UCD, and UCC. And uh, so a lot of players would have won McCrory medals, but at, at one time Queens would have been very weak because you wouldn't have had the nationalist population who were involved in Gaelic games going, going to, to the university. So one, one situation was really a choice of three, and the way they used to do it was whoever, whatever team was at home, did the draw, so it rotated, and the home team, let's say it was in Cork, um, the home team would always always give themselves Queens, right. so <laughs> that would be played on a Saturday, and they'd have Queens who would generally be weak. And they would beat them and the other two teams would kill each other. And the other thing they used to say about Sigerson, I know I'm going on the tangent here, but the refereeing was basically non existent in Sigerson matches. And if you if you did if you didn't like anyone, um It was it an was, opportunity it was a chance. I interviewed James Brady from Arva, a great cabin player of the fifties and sixties there a couple of weeks ago. And he, he was telling me that. He said, If you didn't like someone from a different let's say you were in U C D and you were in the uh, the ag science department and there was some guy in commerce and you didn't like him and he was from he you get a shot at him first of all in um they, they used to run a, an inter an inter college competition so you have to 
dentistry against commerce or whatever it was, you get a shot at them at that. But if there was a fella then from your own county that was playing with a different college, you're guaranteed to get a crack on there and you never get sent off. <laughs> but I mean, that's, sometimes we forget where we're coming from. Now you have the Sigerson and like back in the boom years, you had teams going on training weekends, Spain and stuff like that for, for Sigerson. Like, like, well, even, even take it back to, to current, like that game that we seen with Patrician and St. Pat's and it ended up with a horrific injury to, to, um, Paul McCabe, you know, it, the player that, 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 the players that were maybe involved in that incident, it, it maybe meant so much to them that they felt in their head, well, this is justified. This is, this is okay to do. Whereas I, I did, I never got the feeling with Bally Bay or Coot Hill that things were going to spill over to that level. No, we're know? not suggesting any wrongdoing there. It's just, no. it's just passions run high in games. Like, but it was niggly game. It was yeah. a very niggly game with Patrician and, and, and St. Pat's. It, it, there was a lot of little incidents off the ball, you know, that, that we could see. I'm not saying anybody done any damage, but I'm saying there was a lot of incidents off the ball that it, it just didn't feel like a, a development game. It didn't feel like a, a game that was designed to help kids, which is what they were, come on as footballers. It, it felt more like a, it was the end game. It was the All-Ireland. It was their, 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 their lives depended on it, and I I don't know if that is is the right thing. Like, you, becomes, can't, you can't it, roll back from it. It, it. becomes a bit of an arms race too, and the same with Sigerson, where there's recruitment going on, and your your people are switching schools, and people are switching colleges, and you're you're, you're in, in Sigerson, you're offering scholarships. That'll be the next yeah. thing in McCrory. Actually, will be, but the, um, where you'll be offering scholarships and stuff like that, and tuition and stuff. Maybe it's going on already to to bring players in, and that then it reaches the point you're not. It's not the school. You're not playing for the crest. You're not no. playing for for your schoolmates. You're just playing to win a cup. And you know, it's, I think I agree with you. I think it's gone a bit too far. But once these things, the momentum starts building up. Once you can't go back on them. Like I can't see it being, being stripped back. It's like intercounty no. football. It's never going to be stripped back. Like the, There's thirty odd million spent preparing intercounty teams. Do you think the G are going to bring in a rule and we're going to see that cut down to five million or ten million? Not a hope. It's only going to go one way. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's it. But look at well done to St. Aidan's. I thought they they put in a, an excellent display. I thought um, a few players that stood out for me um, in the middle of the field. You have Philip McCabe. Uh, he was partnered by Donald Keepock, who who both very good footballers. I thought the uh, the full forward, Caelan Jackson McCabe. He, he's a son of Eddie Jackson's, and he's big, powerful, good ball winner. Nice left foot. He can take the, the right foot into play when needs be as well. I thought Keen Smith in the corner, another fine wee footballer. He's a, he's a prospect. A lot of young lads, um, were playing. Keen Farley was wing half forward there. He's only, he was under 16 last year. So playing on the 19 competition, he's going to be, going to be weak enough at, at that level. But overall, I thought, look at St. Aidan's competed very well against a, a really, really good Bally Bay team who now go on to, and imagine this one, if St. Aidan's had have won, they're all Ireland semi-final Saturday morning. So that's that's a difficult enough one. You imagine then club fixtures at that point <laughs> having to be shuffled or, or whatever way it works out. But it's a mad one. Um, tell me, fill me in. We had a great weekend of success for Cavan Hamblers. We had. We had the best weekend we've had in a long time. So basically... Um, Cavan Juvenile Handball won three Ulster titles uh, last last Sunday in Kingscourt at the Ulster Juvenile Finals. Um, or sorry, last Saturday in Kingscourt. Uh, I should remember that because I was at it. We won the, 
the way it works in handball is um, you've got a number of grades so under 12 to under 17 singles and doubles go to provincial level and then under 14 to under 17 singles and doubles go to All-Ireland level if you've won an under 14 or an under 16 before you can't play under 15 or under 17 which leaves it that the under 14 and under 16 are very prestigious competitions so we won the under 14 doubles which is a big t- deal it's basically a ver- an A grade it's a really strong grade and um, it was Adam McKenna from Mulla and Oliver McChrystal from Virginia won that. We won the under-15 doubles with Matthew Smith from Virginia, who's who's still in the race next year, and um, Cormac Flynn from Drumlane. Then we won the under-17 doubles with Niall McMahon from Kingscourt, a powerful player, and Darren McGoran, a cabin minor footballer yeah. from Drumlane as well. Now, that was great. Three is the best we have done in a, in a good few years, but... We would have won five only for injuries. So we had a fellow called Oshin Bourne from Kingscourt, who's a very good player, really good player, and uh, he broke he broke his elbow and did some ligament damage um, playing in college's handball there a while back, oh. and he was out. And he would, without a doubt, would have won the under fifteen singles. And then we had another guy called Jack O'Reilly broke his collarbone, and he would have won under seventeen singles. So we would have had five. So it's testament to the good. It's, work it's a dangerous sport. All these, all these breaks all the years I was involved in handball I never heard of anyone getting an injury in a handball alley and we've had a, we've had three or four uh, juveniles get injured I think they're soft these youngsters <laughs> I wouldn't like to throw an accusation like that on the poor young fellas but congratulations to them all let's sit Six Ulster medals landing into the county on the weekend it's, yeah. it's, it's so a hell of an achievement playing the All-Ireland semi-final now on um, the 9th of March uh, and that's at Connacht venues so it's looking like first common Clare Galway and Abbey knock my three clubs in, in Connacht so I'll keep you posted very good very good uh, stay with us here on the We Are Cabin podcast we'll be back after this quick commercial break with the preview of the Tyrone game Brady's Arva Limited main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years a family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. Kieran Callahan Electrical. Shine a light on your future. Check out www.callahanelectrical.ie or phone 049-43-3011. So, we're still on the high from Roscommon. Everybody around the county is delighted. Um, and I suppose even just to touch on it, that the more I speak to people, they're not just delighted with the result, they're delighted with the performance, the, the manner of football that, that the Cavan team are going out to play at the minute. Very attacking. It's like... What did they say? You wait for a bus for a year and then three come along at once. It was like that goal or those goals for Cavan. But you could see this building. Anybody who's seen all three Cavan games up to the Roscommon one could see it building. Now there's an expectation starting to build and it's amazing how quick it turns from, oh geez, we'll hardly beat Roscommon to, well, we're going to beat Tyrone and Monaghan and maybe Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's how much we're going to beat Dublin by. <laughs> well, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. First of all, you know, we had to set the record straight against Roscommon because Roscommon were looking down their noses at Cavan. And it was a matter of pride. 
Yeah. I, I do. I think not just players, but on the terraces where the real battle is, they were really <laughs> looking down their nose. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you a stat, Damien, that, that, that you will absolutely astound you, I think. Uh, you know, Kevin Egan, uh, journalist, and yeah. he's, he's common based now. He's an awfully man originally. He's running a fundraiser, um, for his local GA club in Roscommon and it's like a sort of like a last man standing type thing it's a prediction league and it's about a, about 120 people in it and I'm in the WhatsApp group for it and an awful lot of Roscommon people in it naturally enough and uh, at the end of every weekend he puts up a little roundup of who did well who got the most predictions all that stuff and he put up a comment on, on Monday and he said that there's 60 people in the league that are members of clubs in Roscommon. So 60 Roscommon people. Of okay. the 60, how many predicted that Cavan would beat Roscommon? Oh, none. 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 Not one. <laughs> if the boot was on the other foot, I guarantee you there's some Cavan people would, would, would say, look, oh, yeah, Roscommon will beat us. There's Cavan people are realistic enough, but Roscommon were deluded, <laughs> I think. They thought they were going to come up and walk on Cavan again. And uh, maybe yeah. you can understand why, but when you really look at it like, you know they're not better than Cavan. They're no, they're not. Cavan. But but they have been better. They have been. They have. But been to be better. fair, they were missing like, Donny Smith for the first half and the two Mortis. And in, in a lot of games, though, they were they but, were. But so listen, if, if we start to take into the Mortis, actually aren't back on the panel. I had heard that they were, but they're not back on the panel. So you know, we could talk about David Givney and Eugene Keaton or whoever you want, or yeah. Johnny. You know, it doesn't matter. It, it who was there was was all accounted and. Cavan were by far the better team. Ah. That's that's the beauty of it. Well, like but, uh, as I wrote in my report, when when they come through the wreckage of that absolute car crash of a performance by Roscommon, the big thing they're going to look at and say is, "We should have lost by double what we lost by." Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm glad in a way that we only beat them by nine, even though the score difference would have been nice. But I think we we the county might have been losing losing the run of itself a bit if we beat them by twenty points. It's there. Well, it's possible. It's possible. We've been known to maybe lose the run <laughs> of ourselves a wee bit. Um, I, I suppose the big thing from from a Cavan point of view now is that they, they have to follow this up with a big performance. You know, they can't go up to Oma and and you know fall apart and 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 if you're bet by by Tyrone in Oma, well bet, all of a sudden all of the good work that was done in Roscommon is taken away from them. So there's now a pressure on the lads to go out and perform. I'm not saying they have to win the game. But they definitely have to bring that same level of performance mm. to to Tyrone, and that's a big ask. You know, from being involved with teams, yeah. when you when you produce a big performance like that, it is it is hard to, to back it up. The funny thing that I I genuinely believe is that th- that that's still not them at their best. I genuinely believe that that performance against Roscommon is still not Cavan near their best. I I I I think that there's so much more to come. Not I, just I to talk about the players that are coming back. But the players that played, like there was twenty-one missed scoring chances in the game. They, and a they, lot of them were were, were easy chances. Yeah. yeah, like they they definitely can improve on that. Like where where the the whole for me the whole foundation of of the game and and victory came from was Cavan were the aggressors. They got in, they bullied, and and they knew where the line was. That, like that was the beautiful thing about it was, without going over the line, they dictated the pace of the game with how they, they played with the ball and without the ball. And I, I that's what I loved about it. If Calvin can do the same against Tyrone, then when when they continue to repeat that level of pace, that level of aggression within the game, it'll become their norm. And then the skills that they have will start to hone in a little bit better 
at that pace and at that level of aggression. And that's where I think then you'll see the real development coming So, Well, to be fair, you called it last year um, after we played Donegal in the Championship how Cavan had got so caught up with game plans and doing this and doing that that they forgot the real obvious thing, which was yeah, prerequisite is you have to bring the level of aggression and you have to bring that level of physicality and just get really up for it and really stuck into it. And you said at the time, Cavan did a, a lot of things well in the build-up, but they forgot the obvious thing. It was so obvious that the they yeah. forgot it. And it was hiding in plain sight type of thing. Mickey Graham basically paraphrased what you said back last May after the game last Sunday when he said when he said, you know, if you if you um the building blocks he called them. He said the building blocks of a team is aggression, discipline, being up for it, tackling hard and tackling well. Those things he says you can have all the game plans and all the strategies you want, but if you don't have those things, it'll all crumble. And he was hundred percent right. And I think Cavan have been guilty in the past at times of 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 neglecting that. Yeah. It does come down to that. An awful lot of it does come down to that. And whereas Common had been bullying teams before and they became the ones that were bullied last Saturday night. Now we have to do the same to to, to our own. And like everyone was caught up about the, the bogey team that Russ Common were. And I think a lot of that was because the teams have been so even. Yeah. So like like yeah. Dublin are a bogey team. We really haven't met we haven't bet them <laughs> yeah. in fifty odd years. But yeah, yeah. we we haven't been even. But but Cavan and Roscommon are even but Tyrone are Tyrone are a massive bogey team for Cavan. Like we've only beaten them twice this century, yeah. And that's that's um, in the McKenna Cup final in two thousand, and the first round of the McKenna Cup back in in uh, Manny McLean's first game. And not only that, we didn't even go through in that group. Then we went that's and blew right. it in that group. We went up and beat Donegal, and we turned around and lost to the college team. And the same time, um, Tyrone were hammering Donegal the same night. We didn't even go through, so it kind of took the good out of it. And then they came down to Breffney the following year, and. Absolutely tied with us. I remember before the game, the word must have got out about the Cavan team. Because I remember checking the odds before the game. And Cavan, or Tyrone kept getting shorter and shorter, literally by the minute. And by the time the ball was thrown in, Tyrone were 33 to 1 on to beat Cavan that night. Jesus. And I remember. Didn't checking, know that. Yeah. I did, that, like, yeah. And like, they have, it's, they remind me of Cavan Gales and their pomp. When they get on top of you, like, they, they will hammer at home. It's the way they play. Mm. They'll just, they've got the runners, they'll just keep coming, running all day, and they will beat you by 15 as quick as 5, or and, 25 and yet, as quick as 10. And yet, I don't think that they'll, that they'll beat you the way they used to. Like, for me, and again, I didn't get to see the game, but the Mon and Tyrone game, the, the maybe encouraging point from Cavan's point of view is that when Monaghan went down to 14 players, and Monaghan retreated with 14 players behind the ball or behind their own 45 metre line Tyrone didn't try to probe them they didn't try to break through them they they simply said well look we're up by three we're going to keep possession of the ball and while some will look at that and say well tactically they were probably right or they were winning and why give give the opportunity to the opposition if you have an extra player and you aren't confident of taking a turnover off that team if you can't say to yourself that well look you, you with 14 players won't break down our 15 then there's something wrong with you. I yeah. personally believe it. Yeah. I think that Tyrone showed a weakness in that in that five minute spell before half time. I think they only conceded one shot while Carl O'Connell was was in. The, I think it was Carl O'Connell and Sinbin. Somebody said to me. So that that shows that maybe they're they're a little bit too stuck in this idea of oh well, we're going to be so cute, we're going to be so smart with everything that we do that that you won't be able to live with us. That wasn't cute or that wasn't smart. That no, was that I, was cowardly almost. I saw a bit of it. I saw a good bit of the game. Um, it was on after the, the... What was the game on TV before? 
Dublin Mayo. Dublin Mayo, and then I caught the end of that, and then I I started watching the the other game. Coming up to half time, where they were passing the ball around, and Monaghan weren't coming out on them, and Morgan lands up, and I was shouting <laughs> at it. My wife was like, "What are you shouting at the telly for?" I was like, "Get back to the goals, you you." <laughs> <laughs> He lands up, they were passing the ball around midfield, and there was six or seven thrown lads. Morgan had to land up in the middle of it all. And he contributed lows, didn't he? He gave about two hand passes, but it was like, he left nobody in his own half. And I was like, you're not going to do anything here. You're just coming up here for show. Get back to the goals. Cop yourself on. Have a drink of water. <laughs> Calm yourself down. So. Um, yeah, but that, and I think that that's the opportunity that, that maybe Cavan have. Now, again, this is all, you're not going to see Cavan retreat with 14 players behind the ball, not on the Mickey Graham. You know, you're going to see Cavan, we were, or I was maybe a little bit critical that against Galway when we were down to 12 players, we should have retreated with 12 players behind the ball yeah. at that point. But you just, you won't see Cavan back off them like that. Even though Mickey Graham has traditionally had been quite defensive, like, but maybe his horses for courses. Like he played with Molinyakta and they all seem to be involved in a lot of low scoring games. And back even with Trumbull, yeah. you told me before they yeah. won a couple of finals with low scores or won an intermediate won final. The intermediate, yeah, and and, and the, the drawn game was was a low scoring as well. But that, look, it is kind of horses for courses, and it's not it's not that he's he's uh, setting up mass defenses, but he's definitely for a corner forward. He was he was as a coach, I thought, uh, very much. Aware of that, if if enough people work back to get the ball, you'll 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 force turnovers and you'll score very, or the opposition will score very little. So, like we're seeing a little. I don't even think we're seeing much of that. Like as in, the lads are working hard, they're working very very hard on the field, but they're leaving bodies up the field to make sure we've an outlet, which is which is what you want to see because when you get the ball, you need an attacking option. So, I think it's 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 working well so far. My point on it. Right, everyone's talking about Peter Hart this week, and I made a call. Um, I made a call out last week saying Martin Riley needs to step up along with Kia Mackey. My God, Martin Riley stepped up. But what I'm looking forward to now is knowing that Peter Hart will will come out the field. He'll not play. He wears number fourteen, but he'll come out the field. He'll play that middle toward. If Martin Riley's on him in that middle toward, Martin Riley will take him and put him in his pocket and show everybody. That's a big call again. though, he's done it. He's done it twice, at least twice. I think 2016 may have been the first time that he'd done it. And and he, he, he has no problem marking Peter Hart and actually getting better than him. As in, I, t- I think in two games he outscored Peter Hart while marking him. Now, again, I could be wrong on that, but I, for some reason that's, that's in my head. Martin Riley will, will get the better of Peter Hart if he's on him. The question is, do they put him on him? Do they, do they change tack to... You know, Martin was was at times an inside forward for Cavan. When he got the goal, he was obviously an inside forward at that moment. So, um, it, it's going to be an interesting one. But my call was, and and it was a big call. Martin Riley is a better footballer than Peter Hart. And I, and and <laughs> I said it on the Celt uh, preview this week, and I was just saying a review this week that I, you you look at it. I I genuinely think Martin Riley's a better footballer. Than I, I put up a tweet about Martin Riley um, this week. I was saying he has to be regarded as one of the best cabin players of the last 30 years. To say he's better than Peter Hart, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I'd say if Peter Hart was playing with Cavan, he'd be one of the best players of the last 30 years. I, I do rate him very highly. I wouldn't say Martin's better, but I'd say they're both, they're both excellent players. I think, I think what Peter Hart does is, 
he'll he'll produce a one in five display, one game in five display where he's excellent. But it takes the other four, you know, displays of of mediocrity for him to go on the radar and then all of a sudden, oh, jeez, oh, we forgot about Peter Hart and up he'll pop and he'll have another good display. I don't think he does it consistently uh, to be considered in the level that a lot of people consider well, him. You, we'll see. <laughs> I hope he doesn't score one six on Sunday <laughs> or Saturday night. Yeah, you could be right. I, I should also say I was a little bit harsh there on, on Morgan because he's been playing very well. He, he has. He has been playing very well. And, and he's like, been scoring points. Yeah, he has. <laughs> he has like, so, like, if he, he could come up and score the winner and egg would be on my face as well. And <laughs> Peter Hart will set it up probably. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it's like, strip it all back and it comes back to what last Sunday came down to. And that was what Jason McLaughlin and Mickey Graham admitted. Like, just, Cavan really have to want this one more. Yeah. It, it does come down to, to that. Like, and, and we really, really owe Tyrone a beating at this stage. Like, they're beating us a, a, an awful lot. Yeah, definitely do. And again, it'll come down to player pride. The, the players themselves will have been Ulster semi-final, you know, that, that replay. There's, there's so many league games, league finals that Cavan are going to have to look at. And these players are going to be, most of them will have been involved in, will be saying to themselves, look, we, we have to feckin' put some pride into this Cavan jersey and show an Ulster team that we can beat them. You know, the next two games are going to be massive, but they can't look past their own. They've got to go and win that game up in Oma. For their own development again, yeah, development will give the them going into a championship. And it, like, you know, we know we have Monaghan in the quarter final, down to Armagh in the semi. If we happen to beat Monaghan, you could have thrown in the Ulster final. Imagine if you go into that game saying, "Well, we've already beat them in a big league game yeah. up in Oma." It'd be a massive boost. I, I think, I think it's absolutely huge. In terms of the Cavan players, most of them played very well the last day. I, I thought it, you could say twelve or thirteen of them. I thought played very well. In, in most aspects of, of play. Mm. We talked at length about Martin Riley and Niall Murray, how good they were the last day. Um, I thought Darren Feely was very good. But his 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 optimum, or his level of performance is excellent anyway. Like, yeah. it wasn't one of his best games, but even without him having his best game, he's still an 8 out of 10. Because like, he's so consistently excellent. I thought Killian Clark's playing his best stuff we've seen out of him in the last couple of years. It was interesting to, interesting to, on Killian Clark, like we, we were saying on the radio after the game, it brings up the dilemma now, where do you play Killian Clark? But Killian's role was to go out and stop Enda Smith in the middle of the field. And it was box tick. Like, it, there, there's no doubt about it. He, he done that role. So it, it's, it's just finding each game by game, where do you play Killian Clark? Sometimes it may be full back. Sometimes it may be center back. But I think physically he matches up to a lot of big players. And therefore, if it's midfield, it has to be midfield. If it's half back, full back, whatever the case may be. He is. I I think they've actually found the role from. He he yeah. he nullifies the big player in the opposition. Well, I always wanted them full back, and a lot of that was because I think you need to have a regular full back um, as the main well, savior. Traditionally, defense. traditionally you did. I well, don't well, know well, if you we still ha- do. Well, we have more or less now because we've parked Faulkner, and like he's playing brilliantly. Like yeah. like that defense. There hasn't been much talk about the cabin defense, but they should have four clean sheets. It's just a pity about that bad refereeing decision that allowed the goal. And Mickey Graham even said it. Yeah. Raymond was thrown into the net against Mayo and that was that was a goal that never should have been allowed. But we, we haven't really talked about obviously Madden. Madden went from a poor performance in Mayo to an excellent performance. So that was in itself was a big boost. But we haven't talked about the single biggest difference in the sides, I thought, in terms of personnel. Connor Minor. Excellent. Like he only came on the second half and played well in Casabar, but he was a massive, massive addition last yeah. week. And and what I liked about his game 
was and, and and I spoke about the aggression. I thought he was leading by example with aggression. You know, I thought he 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 creamed in on top of Ross Common boys as soon as he got the opportunity. Once they turned their back, or once there was a an opportunity for turnover, he didn't stand and 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 say, "Well, you know, I'm I'm going to wait for you to kick that ball and I'm going to try and block it." He he got his body on top, and that, I thought that was I thought he led by example with the way he tackled, and that 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 was for me. That was the the foundation of Calvin's performance was Conor Miner's aggression. Yeah, it was, it was, and it were, hopefully we can see that out of him because, like, he has to, he 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 probably in his own mind he probably thinks that he, he probably sees himself as a as the leading player or one of the leading players on the Calvin team. And naturally enough, because he's come up through the ranks, he's captain on the under twenty one teams, he's mm-hmm. won a lot. Uh, but in the last couple of years, we haven't seen the best out of him. Um, with Calvin, and I think the supporters got on his back a bit as well, at times. I think supporters. I used to argue with, with fellas, and I'd be defending them, and I'd be saying, "Calvin supporters are wary of a ball player. They're wary of a player that has a bit of skill." Yeah. And um, they t- they they think it's an either or situation. Yeah. But yeah. Connor showed it the weekend. It's not. It's not because some of his ball playing was brilliant. Like his kick passing was excellent. Yeah. See, where where he got caught out, I think the last couple of years was that he was playing as a as a sort of an orthodox defender at times. And that's not his game. Mm. I, I, I don't think he's quick enough to play that. Like well, not he, a man to man mark and no, roll. But he can play like obviously sweeping like that, but I, I've never seen him as influential around the field. Just getting around the pitch, using his physicality. I mean, he's a strong he's, as an ox. He's, he's an absolute tank. Yeah, yeah. And getting around there, busting into lads Really laying down the marker physically, like it was a huge, huge addition to Calvin. I hope the, if he can keep up that form It'll be a massive, massive help to Calvin. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, and and on top of that, I thought that he 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 rode that line perfectly on on discipline. You know, where like Deveni should have been sent off for for hitting him back or kind of pushing him in the face or whatever on the lead to stand, and it would have been very easy after being hit in the face for Miner to turn around and react, but he didn't. He, he controlled himself brilliantly there. I I thought I thought it was possibly Connor's best display in a Cavan jersey and he's had a lot of very good displays but I thought that he was just immense I thought he he, he really really led the line for Cavan so again hopefully another another performance like that by Connor because he's well capable but he's a confident type of type of fella like, I've spoke to him a few times and he's a confident type of individual like and his confidence will be sky high now yeah so yeah. hopefully now he'll, he'll do it what we'll actually do is, because we, we don't have teams or anything as yet, it's towards the morning here, so maybe we'll hold our prediction for the naming of the, the team on the Patreon podcast, so we'll give you a day or so, it'll be probably 11 o'clock tomorrow night when we get the team, as normal, um, but once we get the team, we'll, we'll, we'll have our prediction podcast on patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin. Um, so thanks a million, Paul, for coming in and joining me on the podcast. It's been jam-packed show, show. Best of luck to the the Cavan Horlers are out on Sunday morning. Um, it's against Fermanagh. I think it's actually sorry Sunday afternoon. I think it could be half one in Brewster Park. Cavan Lady Footballers are on at two o'clock on Sunday. So best of luck to all involved. And uh, don't forget to head on over to patreon.com forward slash We Are Cavan to subscribe to the Diehards podcast. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Cavendish, Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Cavan to get come back into the big time? And then McCabe, and it's over the lap, and Cavan are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead.
for Derek McDonald. What a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill. What a day he is having. Oh, this is brilliant by Calvin. Dandy legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah! Hurrah, yeah! <laughs>